from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction of any kind or those searching for a better way to live. Rich and Susan Collenberg found freedom from drug addiction and alcoholism over two decades ago. In the series, The Temple of the Mind, they examine the Beatitudes, the Lord's Prayer, and other Bible passages to show how God uses His Holy Word in the events and trials of life to prepare hearts and minds to be the temple of His Holy Spirit. Take every thought captive now on Freedom to Choose. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose. And we are on our series, The Temple of the Mind. And this is program number 14. And it's entitled, Everyone Who is Angry with His Brother Shall Be in Danger of the Judgment. Those are serious words. Yes, they are. They are very serious words. Um, Before we get going, uh, you know... uh, you heard the opening song. We have a new opening song, and that is a, an arrangement of uh, the Lord's Prayer that uh, J.K., my friend, and I put together. And I'm going to throw one out here, and I'm going to get a look from my wife. If you are requesting resources, books, um, and whatnot, because we, we have resources, you can get all of our programs on our website, www.justasiamministries.com. Uh, just go to the to the uh, listen now. Hit the listen now button, and all of our programs, uh, previous programs, are up there. But we also have resources. We have uh, a, a book entitled "Clean: Seven Steps to Freedom," and also uh, "Could It Be This Simple: The Way Out of Your Prison?" That I co-authored with a Christian psychiatrist, Dr. Tim Jennings, and it's a very, very. It, it just deals with healing the mind. Um, normal everyday situations there's questions at the at the end of each chapter real life questions to help us uh, work through thinking rationally and everything anyway if you can call our number 916-645-1297 and order those resources and if you would like i i have a new cd it it is uh it's got what does it have on it first corinthians 13 it has Romans chapter 7, John 3:16 and it has that Lord's prayer and some other uh some other songs on it. Uh just let us know and Susan will drop one in the box as well uh with any other resources you might want. Um anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in there because we just got a box of them CDs and uh and just and for fun. so I don't think it's available to click in the resources. It's you not. might you need to write a note in your with yes, your prayer, with yes, your you'd have to request that. Yeah. Um, and if you like them electronically, those that album is available on iTunes, Spotify, and all that stuff electronically as well. Um, so let's get into the. Uh, Should the, I pray first? Yes, thank you. Okay, uh, Father in heaven, we are grateful that you provide the 
avenue for all of us to get to know you better. We just pray now as we go through this uh, program that you will help each one of us to um, to draw closer to you and to desire to to do your will in our lives and to be conduits to uh, the people around us to share the good news about you and your character. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the, uh, before we start, okay. it says, you know, when you were reading the title, everyone who is angry with me, angry with his brother, shall be in danger of the judgment. So when, and, and we know that's part of a scripture, but I think a lot of times, and I think the reason why some people don't um, come to God and don't um, uh, desire to be a part of his ways is because of the glasses that we look through when we do read the Bible. Mm-hmm. I think that it's part of, um, I think it's part of the evil one's desire to draw us away from the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that comes with a, um, that's including um, a misinterpretation of, of God's words and his character, um, I, I like the, uh, the metaphor that you talk about um, when the guy's on a, on, on a little speeding motorcycle doing wheelies down the road um, and a cop's in his He's rear view mirror. He's doing 90 miles an hour. Right, and, and so is the cop in the mirror um, pulling him over to get him into trouble or is he already He's in trouble? Already in trouble. And and God is trying to communicate to us, you are already in trouble. I desire for your restoration and your um to be um back to the place where, you know, you're out of pain and, and you're restored. But a lot of times we can look to, we as Christians and a lot of time the Bible is is positioned as God just cannot wait. To, to get us, us, to get us, and to give us that punishment that he has been withholding, and boy, is he going to let it go when he gets us? You well, know, you, you know, I want to reread that text because I I, I want to add a little bit. We got I got so many notes here. I'm gonna my nose is bleeding. Um, <laughs> you know, That's as she's metaphor. talking, I have to jot down okay. the notes because I will forget within five seconds. Uh, of because when she talks, it jogs my memory, you know, with oh, yeah, 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 that's great, yeah, yeah. So I'm writing stuff down, okay? So I got a lot here, okay? So, okay, let's if we're reading this text, everyone who is angry with his brother shall be in danger of the judgment. If we're reading this text, that once you're angry with your brother, you broke a rule, mm-hmm. we are all in trouble, mm-hmm. but if we are reading this text that we are in a healing process, you can be angry with someone, Mm -hmm. but you can get over it with God's help, and now you're no longer angry. It's a healing process. Mm -hmm. See, and if we look at at the Bible, because you wanted to talk about our friend that just had breast cancer surgery. Is that right? Yeah. What, why? Why did they, why did she have breast cancer surgery? Because the cancer was causing her demise. Precisely. So it had to be cut out. Right. We have habits and we have things that we do that need to be cut out. And it is a process. Surgery is a process. Right. You got to make an incision. You you, got to anesthetize. I mean, wait, it starts way before the surgery. You've got to have your blood work done. You got to this, that. Is a, it's a big, long process. I remember I had my hip replaced. 
it started a week before, cut out all meds, right? And mm-hmm. then you go through this, then you get your blood work done. Then you go in and you go for an interview. And then the day of the surgery, the day before the surgery, you fast or whatever. You know, there's this whole process to go in and do an, an hour and a half surgery. And then, of course, the recovery. Mm-hmm. The same thing with all of these things that our nature clamors at us for. Mm-hmm. It clamors for us to be angry. It clamors for us to be upset with other people. It clamors for us to put other people down. It clamors for us to want the better house. It clamors for us to want uh, a, a, a better looking body for ourselves. It clamors for us to want all of these things. And it's a healing process so a, it clamors. What's that? It. It is that fear that that selfish That's, nature that we inherited from Adam when our race fell. Right. Adam was in perfect harmony with God until he broke trust with Him. So we're all infected with that fear and selfishness. Yes, we are, and it is so sad. So God has given us guidelines, and and we're going to go into into that today. Uh, you know, one of the guidelines is Jesus says, "Look at the." You killing Moses talked about not killing somebody. I'm telling you, if you're angry with somebody, because you're doing the same brain damage, right? It's all doing brain damage, all unhealthy. Through Moses, the Lord had said, "Thou shalt not hate thy brother in the heart." Wait a minute. I thought only Jesus said that. No, Moses said, "Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear a grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thyself, thy neighbor as thyself." That's Leviticus 19, folks. That's the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. But somehow we miss that. Right. Somehow the rule te- keeping got in the way, and and Jesus had had to come and say, "Look at same law." different location. I want it on your heart. Right, because we are the dwelling place of God, and God doesn't want to force his way into us. Um, He wants us to invite him into our temple mind, right? And so we're either going to have God filling, God's Holy Spirit filling our temple, or we're going to have a different spirit that fills our temple. You know, and when I'm talking about the temple, I'm talking about our mind and our hearts. And who is the ruler? Who do we allow to rule? So I know a lot of times you talk about the the five-year-old. You know, we all have the sum of our experiences to where we're at today. So as we grow and each season of life that we go through is the multiplication comes to who we are as people today. So all that stuff is affecting us. And sometimes, you know, we can, if we don't get our way, you know, we allow, instead of being in control of the committee who speaks and who directs our thoughts and our decisions, we can allow that, that little fire. Okay, so who's the committee? Who's on your committee? Who do you, who do you have? I have um, a wife. Okay. You're a wife. I have um, a woman. A woman. I have an animal tender. Yep, you tend to animals. Yes, I have um, a cook-ish. Yeah, a I very, have, very good cook. Oh, and I have a gardener. Gardener. And I have hopefully a hospitality type person. Okay. And um, Let me a ask friend. you a question. Do you still have an addict there? I don't have an addict there. You don't have an addict. 
Well, I guess maybe that person, I guess that portion of my character is there, but they don't get a say. They at don't the table. get a say at the table. No, they were kicked off the committee a while they back. They were kicked off the committee. Yeah. Okay. Now, let me ask you. But there's qu- other members of the committee that have similar attributes okay. as that. Okay. Okay. Because that's what I was going to get at. Yes. Because for me, mm-hmm. you know, one of the one of the biggest problems with Satan's attributes mm. is self-exaltation. Mm. That's my five-year-old. Mm. My five-year-old wants the center of attention because I've got a five-year-old. He is on my committee. I cannot get him <laughs> off my committee. Is he an active member he, of He your is committee? a very <laughs> active member of my committee, and he is frustrating because, because he will not be quiet sometimes. And... and <laughs> You know what? I, you don't know what he I'm talking. He takes control of the whole meeting. He takes control of, of that meeting. committee right. of yeah. the meeting, and he and you know he don't and he pulls the addict out sometime. The addict is not on my committee, but but the but the five year old will that he'll call that guy into the meeting, right? And he'll and, invite and, him, and he'll into, invite the him table. into that table, yeah. And he'll give him a say, right? And I will say, no, the addict is not on the committee. Yeah, but you still have these attributes. Mm-hmm. You see, and that's where that five-year-old does the most damage. The five-year-old, he wants to be the center of attention. He's always looking out for himself. He's full of fear. Mm-hmm. He's he's, and he will bring, and he knows my whole history, right? Because he's been around for the whole time, right? And so he can pick any point in history in my life and bring it up because he's been there. He's been there, right? See, and so I think that God understands the plight of humanity. I think he understands the struggles that each one of us go through. And I don't think it's his desire to, um, to destroy the five-year-old. I think what his desire is, is to have the five-year-old um, heal from it, from their selfishness, right? So God desires us to take all those fears that that little five-year-old has and to help them develop into a mature human being that is willing to think of others, and because usually right. a five-year-old is only thinking about themselves, right. right? And see, that's an important that's an important aspect. We can't shut the five-year-old up, right? Because those feelings are real, right? So they have to be dealt with, right? And when they're dealt with, and the five-year-old doesn't say anything about them anymore, right? See, and that's the important part to understand. Cleansing the temple is a healing process. It's not a legal process. Right. It's not acquittal. It's not it's, declaring it's that done, you're de- that it's that done. you're healthy when you're not. Right. It's a process of inviting Jesus into your heart and being totally honest with him and to where you finally say, you know what? You're right, Jesus. There's no reason for me to have fear in this area of my life. Right. So as me as a five year old, I went through years of sexual molestation. And I, I came up with a foundation that was very faulty. So I, even into adulthood, I blamed others. I was resentful towards others. And being able to be somewhat restored and in the process of restoration, God, is saying, God has helped me to understand that we're, we live on a broken planet and yeah. things are not how he designed originally. But just because bad things happen to us, we don't allow the evil to perpetuate in our own minds. Right. Right? Right. And just because we've made mistakes doesn't mean our life is a mistake. And because bad things are happening 
to us, we have to remember on a dangerous planet and with God wanting to make us well. And freedom. They, they may be not happening to us, but maybe happening for us. Right. And so now I can go back and I can, I've had resolution. I know a lot of people don't have that peace, but I do. I have resolution um, about that, my five-year-old, right? Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. my five-year-old doesn't get a, a, it's part of the committee, but. It's got a lot less say. Yeah, she's got a lot less say because she had a faulty foundation. Yeah. So it doesn't fit into the, into the. <clears throat> into the model anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, the resentment, although it's taken a while, the resentment sure. and the jealousy and the, you know, I wanted to be like everybody else and I wanted the things that everybody else has. It, it It's, it's um, you know, she's she's grown a little bit or she's learned more. Um, or as an adult, I've learned to say that, yes, that that part of my life was important, but it has its place. Mm-hmm. And I can look back at it in a different light than right. I did before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hit we read this text um last week and I want to read it again because it's in the Old Testament and it, it comes it's it comes out of Malachi and it's talking about what God wants us to do, what God wants to do in us. I'm sorry, what he wants to do with us. And keep in mind, 1 Corinthians 13 says, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when Malachi is talking about, behold, I'm going to come to the temple, what's he talking about? He's talking about coming to our into our hearts and minds. So mm-hmm. this is Malachi. Uh, this is Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. I'll read half of it, Susan, and then you can read the other half, okay? okay. Behold, I send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord, whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide in the day of his coming, and who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire, like fuller's soap, and he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi, and purge them as gold and silver, that they may be offered unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. So, what do you suppose Malachi is talking about here? A cleansing of what? The temple of the mind. Now, you know how they purify sil- purified silver back in the day, is when all the dross was, they'd get it hot, melt it, when mm-hmm. all the dross was completely off, the, the, the silversmith could see his reflection in the silver. Right. And this is what God wants for us. When we are purified, God will see his reflection in us. Our lights will be able to, to uh, rightly, reflect, rightly reflect the love of God to other people. And this requires a whole new way of thinking and, and a, a, a rebirth, if you will. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you have to be born again. You need right motives, and you need a new desire to do what's right, not just keep rules, right? but do what's right. Right, because the law was fulfilled in Jesus. It wasn't destroyed. Right. So as we assimilate Christ, the law may also be fulfilled in us. The law is simply this, love God and love your neighbor. If you love God, are you going to have any other gods? No, yeah. If I love my wife, I'm going to have any of the any other wives. I mean, it doesn't wouldn't doesn't make sense. See, no. so the, these restrictions are actually a ways to live in harmony. If you love your neighbor, are you going to take from him? No. 
and, and we talked about this la- in the last program, and I really want to expound on this a little bit, because uh, when we look at the Bible through a healing model, that, Bible, that, that Jesus wants to come to our heart temples, cleanse it, and make us well so we can live happy and healthy and in harmony with, with God and, and angels and everything, when we look at it that way, the law is like an MRI. It's mm-hmm. like an X-ray machine. The MRI or the X-ray machine have no power in themselves to heal you, mm-hmm. none whatsoever. The law has no power in it whatsoever to heal you. But the MRI and the X-ray machine tell the doctor what's wrong, mm-hmm. and it sends you to the doctor. When the, when the, when the X-ray tech, technician re, reads that X-ray and says, we got a problem right here, gives it to the doctor, the doctor will prescribe. We need to do surgery, we need to prescribe this magic medication or whatever, right? So the, so the X-ray or the MRI is information for the doctor, and it sends us to the doctor to get well. Mm-hmm. Not doesn't send us to the MRI to get well. Right. And the right. problem with human nature is it wants to go to the law to get well, not to Jesus. Mm-hmm. No. The the law should send us to Jesus. The law will tell us what's broken in our hearts. And this is this is the fascinating part of it. As long as we treat it that way and we assimilate Christ and we we let we let him, you know, we're honest, you know, when we say, you know what? You told me not to hate my neighbor, God. I hate my neighbor. Right, help me. Help me. Right. I hate my neighbor. Right. You have. We have to tell him where it hurts, just like you tell a doctor where it hurts. You know, hey, doctor, the X-ray says right here there's a problem. Now we can either deal with it. What if you know? What if you got a, a, a an inflamed infection and the, and the, and the um and the scan showed it, mm-hmm. and the doctor gave you uh, whatever mm-hmm. um, antibiotic. You still have the option. Right. You can throw the bottle of pills out the window on the way home, can't right. you? Right. We can go to Jesus and we can reject the healing that he offers. Right. And I think the, um, the biggest thing for us as Christians today is to take the Bible in its whole the context is the whole Bible. Yes. So we can go back and we can see the stories of David. We can see the stories and of, how he healed yeah, of Saul before he became Paul. We can see how Peter, you know, um, betrayed Jesus, and we, but we can see how how Jesus came to him and helped him to to move beyond that. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 that bigger whole that we need to to look at and to um, to focus on if we love God and love our neighbor as we love ourselves, then we we will keep the law. Yeah, and I, I think sometimes we get a little bit confused about, I know you hear the phrase, there's power in the word. Okay, I got a flash. It's not power in the word. The word testifies of the one who has the power. Right. We have to remember that. The word testifies of the one who has the power. Right. That's where the power comes from. Mm -hmm. It comes from Jesus. It comes from talking to him, telling him, you know, the the thing, the deep, dark things that are in the corner recesses of our heart and opening up and say, I don't want to be like this, but I can't change myself, Mm -hmm. God. You have to change me. Here's my problem. Or, you know, or show me my problem. Show me my right. problem. Right. Show me because, yeah, if I self diagnose, <laughs> I'm going to have a real problem self diagnosing. Um, 
I did that for years and I self-medicated because I self-diagnosed. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so this is, this is the, the, the aspect of cleansing the temple Mm -hmm. that God, God wants us to understand. That's what the Bible. And to participate. Participate. That's what the Bible is for. God wants us to be able to live in harmony, happy and healthy. But the only way to do that is to assimilate Jesus, to let him into your life, to be upfront and honest with him and understand it is a healing process. It's not a matter of keeping rules. It's a mattering of letting the rules know that there's something wrong with you and you need to go to Jesus. Right. It's it's pretty much that simple. And so, I mean, I remember when I got clean and sober, that tap on the shoulder, God said, it's going to be simple, but it is not going to be easy. And that is, it is not easy to let Je- let Jesus to talk about those things that are so ugly mm-hmm. in the human heart and, and to be open and honest with Jesus. Lord, we got to go. I'm sorry, but the program's over. So <laughs> there's only two ways to live your life, folks. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy Thank you for listening to the Temple of the Mind on Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.